Welcome to the Reclaim Your Rise podcast. My name is Lauren Bongiorno, nationally board certified health coach and founder and CEO of Risely Health, where we help people and families impacted by type 1 diabetes take ownership over their lives so that they can transform with more freedom and confidence. Everyone has a different reason to be here. You might be seeking knowledge, support, or community, but at your core, I know that you long for something deeper. You're here for transformation. And that's what the Reclaim Your Rise podcast is all about. A quick reminder before we start the show that nothing you hear on the Reclaim Your Rise podcast should be a substitute for personalized professional medical advice. Please always consult your physician or other medical professional before making any changes to your diet, insulin dosages, or healthcare plan. Welcome to another episode of the Reclaim Your Rise show. Two days ago, I didn't have a topic for what I wanted to talk about with you today. And then I had one of the worst low blood sugars that I've had. I don't know. It had to be like four or five years. And I said, yeah, okay, we're going to talk about this. Now <laughs> We have something to talk about. But truthfully, these are the episodes that I really love the most and they come easiest to me because as type ones, we are so used to going about our days, hiding all the ups and downs from the people around us. And whether that's intentional or unintentional because we don't give everybody updates, like that's why diabetes is such an invisible condition because there's so much that we do on a daily basis that no one knows about. But we don't have to do that here. This podcast, like this community, this is the space where we can carve out time to talk about these things that we naturally keep in the shadows. And at the same time, the things that also make us so incredibly resilient and make us who we are and that the thing that we all have in common. Now, that being said, today I'm really going in with like vulnerability. I want to share with you without holding back my very graphic personal experience with this specific glow that I had. But not only that, I also want to share what I've learned tactically about bouncing back from these types of low blood sugar incidents so that you can really take these lessons and apply them to your own life with diabetes or if you're a parent, apply them to your child's life. Because I know from all messages I get on Instagram, but also a lot of the clients that we work with at Risely, there's trauma attached to some of these low blood sugar incidents and there's a lot that goes into it. And it's crazy to me that we could have such like a traumatic low and then 20, 30 minutes later, just like be totally fine, right? And like totally okay to operate and drive a car or have a full-on conversation. It's amazing how quickly things can go wrong, but you're just expected to, like your brain is working, like everything is fine and you're quote unquote like back to normal and not in danger anymore. But before I get into the whole story and the incident, I'm going to share that I know we have a lot of listeners outside of the US. So I really want to try to do my best to speak on both measured scales so that we're all on the same page in terms of numbers. I'll do my best. So let's get into it. About two days ago, I had a really long day of back-to-back calls. It started at like 8.30 in the morning and it was just like back to back to back to back. And then usually at six o'clock, that's when I kind of try to shut off work and decompress and you know make dinner, just watch a show with Chris, read a book, whatever it is, go to bed. But on this night, I had a wake for a family friend that unfortunately passed away. Chris had went to the wake earlier in the daytime and I was planning on going over to my grandparents for dinner at like six and then taking them to the wake as well. And it was like raining out and it was just like a crummy day. But we went to the wake. We were there for pretty much like an hour and a half. And then by the time I got home at around, I think it was like 8.45, you know, nine o'clock, I 
got in the shower and right before I got in the shower, I looked at my blood sugar and I was like, oh, like I'm still 220. And I remember being at the wake and giving myself a little bit of a correction because I was around 215. And just for that comparison for the different measure, that's about a 12.2. I was like, all right, I'll give another correction. So I gave another correction, even though it was only an hour later, I got in the shower and I took like a really hot shower totally decompressed, you know, like wash my hair. I was like, this is so relaxing. I'm just like so excited to put my pajamas on and like get in bed. By the time that was all done, it's like 9.30, 9.45, brush my teeth, you know, did the whole like hair mask treatment, conditioner, you know, all of that. And I got into bed. Now it's about like 10 o'clock. I look at my blood sugar. I am 120 or 6.7 with on my Dexcom, a sideways arrow, like diagonal down. I was like, oh, that correction worked. And that happened really fast because it was only like a half an hour before that I was 220 or 12.2. And I know I'm like, all right, I have some insulin on board, right? Like I have insulin on board that is still active in my body from the previous two corrections that I gave. But I honestly was just like so tired in that moment that I don't think I was in hindsight thinking what I usually would be, which is like, all right, let's do the math here. Like you're definitely headed towards like really low, like maybe have a snack or whatever. But I was just like exhausted at the end of the day. I just brushed my teeth. I'm like, you know what? I'll be fine. Like I'm 120 sideways arrow down, 6.7 sideways arrow down, and it'll you know slow down soon and, and be fine. <laughs> I was thinking a little too optimistically. So that's 10 o'clock. Now it is 10.30, a half an hour later. I'm already like sleeping now because I'm exhausted. I wake up to the Dexcom alarm and now I am 60 or 3.3 with still a sideways diagonal arrow down. And I'm like, oh my God, like you got to be kidding me. This is so annoying. But now I'm like, all right, it's been an hour and a half, you know, since I've given that correction. There's probably only, you know, less than a unit left on board you know, from the previous corrections, maybe a little bit more than that, but let me just like pop two glucose tablets in. I had them right next to my bedside. Let me just do that. So I, you know, pop in my mouth and I am just like ready to turn over and go back to bed. And then Chris, he was outside. He goes to bed like a lot later than I do. And he comes in cause he's on my Dexcom share and he comes in and is like, you're low. Like, did you have anything? Do you need anything? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm fine. Like, I was half asleep and I'm like, no, I'm fine. I had two glucose tablets. So he's like, okay. So he goes back outside. In hindsight, I asked him, he said, I was looking at it and monitoring it while you're sleeping. And then, which I so appreciate, but then he fell asleep. So what happens now between 10.30 and 11.08 PM when he falls asleep? And this is not his responsibility by any means, but it's just like, you know, my backup person like was, was off duty at this point. So now it is 11.08 and I wake up in a pool of sweat absolutely drenched to the point where just the first thing I do is like I just like rip off my my t-shirt that I was sleeping in and it was just like drenched and I'm just like disoriented and we've all been there where you're just really kind of trying to figure out like how low are you you can't even like lift yourself up to then like go to your nightstand and check your phone you kind of just like take your hand and like plop it over there and then you're just like fishing around and like things are falling off the nightstand I had like a picture frame go down but I was like where's my phone and like I grab it and I look and it just says low like in big capital letters and I haven't seen that in a while and the only last time that I have seen it I have seen it like in the past year, but it was like a compression low where like I was sleeping on my CGM on my Dexcom and it was like wrong. Like I was definitely not like low, low, low. And I, I don't know exactly what low means. Um, I don't know if it's lower than 40 or lower than 
I think it is lower than 40, I want to say. But I felt like I was had to be either 30, which is like a 1.7 or or lower than that. I mean, I was really, 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 really out of it to the point where the thought of using my legs, like I was like, I can't even, like I would have to like roll off of this bed. It's that time for a brief 60 second commercial break here. So we know that diabetes affects people of all ages and all walks of life and that the numbers are only increasing. The Diabetes Research Institute leads the world in cure-focused research and has made substantial contributions to the field over the last few decades. If you want to stay up to date on all the DRI news and advancements, you can become a DRI insider by joining their email list. I am personally subscribed and they are my trusted go-to source for diabetes cure and research updates. And as a listener of the Reclaim Your Rise podcast, when you subscribe to DRI's list, you will receive 20% off of Risely's Diabetic Health Journal, a tool which has helped thousands of people with diabetes become more mindful and accountable of their patterns around blood sugar, food, exercise, and more. Just go to support.diabetesresearch.org backslash reclaimyourrise or check the show notes below for the link to drop your name and email. So now I'm kind of in this like disoriented panic kind of mode. And I, I wouldn't say the word panic, but it wasn't panic like, oh my God, I'm going to die. It was just like, I need to treat this like as soon as possible. And I need help because I know I can't do this alone. So I call out for Chris, but like when you're low, like you're so just like the, your energy, you want to preserve it and your adrenaline's going. That's why you're sweating in the first place. So I call out for him and like he doesn't come. And so I pick up my phone and I like call him. And then thank God he like, pick up the phone. He's like, hello. And like, I can tell, I think that he was like sleeping or whatever. And I was like, I was like, I need you come now, come now. And he's like, Oh my God. Okay. I'm coming. So like, he like ran into the room and he's like, are you okay? And I'm so like, I don't want to say I'm dumb, but like in hindsight, I don't know why I said this, but I was like, I need wet towels and I need a, t- I need a, and I need a dry towel and I need wet towels. But like, I don't know why I didn't ask for like him to get me juice first. I was more concerned with like the sweat that was literally in our sheets and like, you know, just like everything was like soaking wet. And so he was like, okay. So he comes back with like a little hand towel and it has like the amount of water on it that if you had like a cut on your knee and needed to like dab some blood off of it. And I like literally threw it back at him. I was like, more water, drench it in water. And he was like, okay. So he comes back then like drenched and I like just slap it on my face. And at that point, I think I was already having glucose tablets. So I had sugar with me, but I knew I needed like something more. So he was like, what else do you need? Like what sugar do you need? I'm like, just go get me anything. Like I couldn't even articulate what I needed. Like my brain was not working at all. And so he came back with like dates, which I don't know, like in hindsight, probably what it would have went for the juice, but he came back with dates and I was too low to even say like, I need juice or whatever. And the dates were fine. So I was eating the glucose tablets. I probably had, I don't know, about like eight at that point, nine at that point, I lost count. And then I started eating the dates as well, but I was more concerned for whatever reason with like the drenched sweat. So then I was like, I need a dry towel. So he gets a dry towel and I was like, I like kind of like roll over and I was like, can you put it down? I don't even think I said, can I put it down? Because <laughs> the next day I asked Chris, I was like, can you just tell me what happened? Because I really can barely remember. And he was like, you were just being very bossy and using minimal words. I just told you the story and said like, um, can you get me the towel? But apparently I was like, towel down now. And like my brain, you know, your brain like can't function. And so you're just like using just like little words or whatever. Anyways, I was being bossy, but 
I had all the right to be. So he put like the dry towel down that kind of like rolled back over. I'm still like literally topless. And then he like was like, what else do you need? I was just like, just, I'll be fine. Just lay next to me. I just like wanted him there for that like security. And so he laid down to me and I knew I was like safe. In that moment, I was like, okay, I have a lot of sugar in me. I like, I know that I'm safe and he's here and it's going to be okay. So once that happened, that was at like 11.08 by 11.40 because I just am looking at my Dexcom, um, like I had screenshotted it. So by 11.40, I was 100 or 5.6 with like a diagonal arrow up. So 30 minutes later, I think it had to be even before that I started going up, or at least the CGM was showing that I was going up at that point. I was I was good and I was feeling better and like I wasn't sweating anymore. And it was just like, holy crap like that was that was a ride like what what just happened like how did that happen where did that come from i hadn't had an experience like that in so long that i just it really was it was humbling in that moment it was like you know this reminds me of how dangerous and scary diabetes can be and why we have so many people and clients that are you know coming to us who are afraid of like hey i just moved into an apartment alone and i'm really afraid to be living alone and it takes away from your freedom. It takes away from your confidence in yourself when these types of things are happening more often than not. Or if these things are happening and they stick with you so much that you're not able to just move on from it and you're thinking about it so much in the days you know, after. That is the very detailed story of what happened the other night. And I swear, like I, I wish the low on the Dexcom would actually read what the number was. I felt like I was lower than 30. Like I've seen on my finger prick. Like when I was younger, I remember seeing like 30 and I remember seeing like a 26 ones and it felt very comparable to that. Like, like I was riding the edge of passing out essentially. So that happened. And just to add an extra layer of, you know, transparency and honesty about that, I literally just like went to bed after that and I didn't even brush my teeth. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, that was dumb. Like you had all those dates and sugar and whatever, but I was like, screw it. I was like, you had a human moment and like, that's fine. But it's so funny that that's what I thought of in the morning. I like, you didn't brush your teeth again, but I was just done. I just wanted to go to sleep. So look, you know, we, you probably have had an experience like that. If you have not, you're probably in a place where you have heard stories like this maybe, or you're listening to my story and you're like, wow, I, that sounds terrifying. And I never want that to happen to me. And at the same time, I think what we have to remember is I fortunately, you know, lived and thank God for technology and for the sweat in my body and the adrenaline, you know, waking me up. But, you know, what I've learned tactically over the many years, 22 years of living with type one, how to bounce back when lows like this happen, because we're not talking about a low here of like, 60 or, you know, 3.3 or when you're even, you know, like 3.6, 3.9, which is like 65, 70. Like we're talking about when you're getting into, when you have an experience, when you're like 35, 30, Dexcom's reading low, when you're 1.9, 1.7, lower than that. Like how do we bounce back from that? So I have three things that I want to share with you. The first one is know that most likely this instance is the exception and not the rule. Now, what do I mean by this? If we don't believe this and we start to think that like this is the rule, that this can happen to us at any time and this happens all the time, we start operating from a place of defense and of fear. And now we want to be cautious, right? We don't want to be just lackadaisical in our 
giving insulin and strategies and all of that, but we don't want to be in a place where an experience like this has us then constantly cutting back on all our dosages or an experience like this, let's say it happened hypothetically while I was hiking on a trip. Like I don't want it to you know, be that every time I go hiking, this is going to happen and I have that fear. And I think that, you know, there's many, many layers of this and there are some people who this happens to and it is a very traumatic experience. I won't say that this was a traumatic experience for me. I would say that it was a, a very – I don't even know the word to describe it. It was a very scary experience. It was an experience I did not like. I did not want more of. But I know this isn't going to like stick with me for you know years to come. And I think if if you have an experience like that, that's when you have to do some of that deeper work around you know therapy and then moving into the diabetes specific things about like knowing your body body's patterns and really having somebody hold your hand and understanding how much a correction brings you down and your insulin to carb ratios and learning how to retrust your body in this sense. But I think for me in this instance. And for a lot of people, to be honest, like these really, really low traumatic times happen as an exception because quote unquote, like I always say, diabetes is going to diabetes. And it's that one time when you're not on top of something or there's a hormones at play, which in hindsight, that's exactly what I think happened. Like the point of me telling you the story and telling you how stressed I was at the beginning of that day and the whole day and the funeral and all that, I think what happened was I was insulin resistant because of just the stress of the day. And then as soon as I stepped in that hot shower and my body knew like ah, like you're going to be sleeping in a few minutes like you're 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 relaxed now i think that insulin and my sensitivity level just completely just hit me all at the same time and you know i was too tired to just recognize it or create space to think through it more carefully but the mindset that we want to you know have is that these things may happen to us and when they do we have to be grateful that we have the tools and resources to come back from it and we need to move forward. Like we have to be able to build resilience and shake it off and start that next day and say, you know what, that happened, but that was yesterday and this is today. What also allows us to do this is by going back to what happened and dissecting what was it? How did we get there in the first place? What can I do to prevent this from happening next time? And where do I need support in order for that maybe not to happen next time? So it's half of that. Is there a really big education gap around your patterns? Is this happening you know, frequently and often? But also the mindset piece of this may happen to you with type 1 diabetes and we have to know how to get back up and not let it be our like base of how we operate and the base of what, how we think about diabetes all the time. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to trust your body and not the CGM arrows. We have to remember that the CGM is delayed and a lot of times in these situations, we swing massively to the other side from over-treating these type of lows. And to be honest, like if you're in this situation, we work a lot with clients and, and, and on this topic of when you're having these lows, how do you not swing to the other side, right? Like what tools and tactics and strategies can we use for your body so that you're not on this roller coaster? But when you're having this like low, 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 like I I don't even – in this moment, like this is like your life. Like this is safety. This is like to have as much sugar as you need. But once you are looking at the CGM arrows and they're a little bit delayed, then you get into the place of – it's almost like you know when your body is like starting to feel better, but you're looking at the arrow and it's still saying that you're low and you're like – I'm just going to keep, you know, eating because I want the security of seeing the CGM to say that I'm not low anymore. But when you start to trust your body, 
then you maybe like will overeat a little bit less. And then you could even get confident to do what I did in this scenario, which is to give insulin if you have overeaten for your low. So for example, that night of the story that I just told you, once I was at about 100 or 5.6 with that diagonal arrow up, and I even think it was before that, it was like when my body started feeling a little bit better, I gave two units because I know that I ate a lot more than what I probably needed and I did not want to wake up feeling high the next morning and feeling like not only was I low, but then I was high all night. So I looked at my CGM the next day and it looked like about an hour after that or yeah, about like an hour after I peaked at 180 or 10.0. And then eventually from that like two units, I came back down and I woke up at 130 or 7.2. So not the worst thing in the world if I were to wake up high, like it happens, it's fine. But I think this comes back to just like trusting your body, trusting your patterns, what we talk about all the time on this podcast. The last tactical tip I have for you of like how to bounce back from lows like this is to give yourself a 24-hour grace period. Surprisingly, I actually felt pretty okay the next day. If that was like a high incident where, you know, I've had periods where my pump site comes out or whatever happens and I'm, you know, high all night and the CGM alarm doesn't alert me, I feel terrible for like 24 hours after with those extended highs like literally like I got hit by a truck, like focusing is so hard. I just want to sleep. And I, yeah, I happen to feel okay. But if you don't, give yourself a 24-hour grace period because it is a lot on our body. And being confident and empowered with your diabetes isn't about just plowing through. It's about honoring what your body needs. That is empowering. And that is what I want you to be thinking about when you have a really bad low or a really bad high and you're trying to just quote unquote get back to normal the next day, recognize that your body may need a space and time where you're just moving a little bit slower, moving a little bit more intentionally, taking a little bit more breaks and advocating in a work setting or in a relationship like what your body needs and being able to express that. Like I forget what happened, but the next day in the morning time, Chris, he started like, I forget what he was doing. He asked me, he's like, hey, like, can you go downstairs and like get the towels out of the laundry or something like that. And I was like, you are aware of the, like the night I had, right? Like I just need a beat today. Like just give me a free pass, please. And he was like, oh, sorry. Like forgot like, yeah, totally or whatever. Yeah. Just like opening that level of conversation with the people around you. Listen, I hope that this episode was helpful in terms of you being able to know that you are not the only one that has had a low blood sugar incident like this. I for sure know that this isn't the first time I've had it. I hope it's the last. I don't think it's ever going to be the last, unfortunately, but I do know that these drastic highs that I have and lows that I have happen way less frequently than they used to in all the years of me growing up before I really took control of my diabetes. And so I think that also helps me just move forward past it because I do know that it really helps solidify that it was the exception, not the rule. All right. We are going to end here, my friends. What I'm going to ask is that if you have been listening to the podcast, you find value in it, you want me to keep making more episodes like this with this level of honesty and vulnerability and tips and tricks, please take a second to rate and review the podcast to help other T1Ds and other T1D parents find the podcast and rise. And I will see you back here next week, same time, same place. Happy blood sugars until then. See you later.